You know battling food in your body doesn't work. You want to love and accept yourself. And because you're insatiable, you want results too. And wouldn't you know, you bring the same intensity to your life. Wanting to maximize your time, potential, and experiences you have here on this beautiful and wondrous planet Earth. Fair warning, it will be a roller coaster. But for those insatiable, that's your prime time to thrive. We're here to say yes to the hunger of wanting it all. I'm your co-host, Ali Shapiro, a health coach who helps people end the losing battle of dieting and find a truce with food. And I'm Juliette Berg, nutritionist, fitness expert, and the co-owner of Unite Fitness Studio Franchise. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 10 of the Insatiable Podcast. Today, we have my dear friend, Amy Valpone. Amy is the editor-in-chief of thehealthyapple.com. Go there and see all her amazing recipes and photography. She is a Manhattan celebrity chef, culinary nutritionist, professional recipe developer, food photographer, writer, and she has a book coming out on March 8th, but you can order it today, called Eating Clean, the 21-day plan to detox, fight elimination, and reset your body. And most importantly, which is the role she's stepping into now as a motivational speaker, Amy recently healed herself from a decade, yes, 10 years of chronic pain, including Lyme disease, polycystic ovarian syndrome, hypothyroidism, adrenal fatigue, leaky gut, heavy metals, and much more, exhausting thousands of doctors in the country and Mayo Clinic. And she will share her story in the book, as well as the detoxing recipes that help save her life. And so we are, Amy lives in Manhattan, in the West Village, my favorite neighborhood, where she cooks for a variety of clients, including celebrities and people with busy lifestyles who enjoy healthy, organic, whole foods. And Amy's work has appeared everywhere from Martha Stewart, ABC News, Fox News Health, WebMD, Huffington Post, Glamour, Self Magazine, Prevention, PBS, and all of it. So Amy, I am as one of, not only my dear friend, but you have this amazing story. Welcome. Thank you for coming on to the Insatiable Podcast. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Amy, I'm not worthy. <laughs> After Allie gave that whole amazing. Vibe. Oh, come on, please. I don't even think, I don't even, I mean, I hear some of that and I'm like, what? It's funny. I don't even, someone reached out to me yesterday and I said, do you have a media kit? And I was like, no, I don't keep things. I just keep going and doing new things. I don't keep, I don't keep track of everything I've done. You just keep going. When you love what you do, you're just, you know, you don't even need like a portfolio. You just keep, keep doing it. Well, and I love, you know, I think that's what's so interesting is that you, when you love what you do, but you came by what you love, I, th- I think the passion behind it and wanting to help people from your own story. So can we just stop and go back to that day, which this wasn't in your bio, but I know this since we're great friends. You were working at Vogue in New York City, like living the life and tell us like what happened and turned your life completely around. Yeah, I mean, it took, oh gosh, it was, my legs started swelling with about 40 pounds of water weight every day by the end of the day. And um, it was pretty crazy. I was about 90 pounds at the time and I couldn't gain weight. And long, very, very, very long story short, I ended up steroids, painkillers, water pills, getting bone marrow biopsies at um, Cancer Hospital here in New York, which I pretty much lived at. And then also 
I had to go out to Mayo Clinic to get another bone marrow biopsy because they thought I had leukemia. And it turned out that after about seven years of dealing with drugs and, and not knowing what was going on, I actually figured out how to really heal my body and get to the root cause, you know, and address the underlying imbalances that were, were happening within my body instead of just putting a Band-Aid on top of them, which is what Western medicine was doing. Yeah. And, but you, didn't the doctors tell you that you had like a day to live? I mean, when I heard that, I was like, I would have freaked out. They did. I, um, I had seen, I had contacted C. diff colitis. I think I got it from, um, hospital for special surgery. I was there getting muscle biopsies because I had myositis and I was in so much pain. I couldn't even function. And I ended up having to go down to my parents' house because I couldn't take care of myself. And my mother was like, you're fine. You're fine. And I was like, no, really, I'm not. And so we had exhausted every doctor in New York and New Jersey. So she took me out to Philadelphia and they said, you know, you have C. diff colitis. So people had to be with on uh, in gowns. No one could come into my room without a gown on because I was so contagious. And I was on morphine. Yeah. And I was on disability. So yeah, they gave me 24 hours to live. It was they actually <laughs> said that to you. They said, yeah, yeah. And, and they said, if you had would have waited any longer, you would have been uh, bye bye. So what it was just, you know, I was so out of it. I was so out of it. I don't even, I just remember it being the worst. I mean, I've been in some pretty crazy pain, but it was, it was pretty intense. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, obviously you made it more than one day. <laughs> I know, right? Somehow I pulled through. That's when Western medicine is amazing. I have to be honest. I mean, there is a, there's a place for Western medicine, but you know, it's just not, you know, it does not address the underlying imbalances that are in so many people's bodies. And so many people that I meet and that I know are on drugs and not getting answers and they have nowhere to turn and they don't understand that, you know, there are other ways out. I mean, I didn't even understand it. Yeah. Yes. So that's what I'm curious about. So obviously, you know, you exhaust all the doctors on the pretty much the East Coast. <laughs> and then where do you go from there? Like, okay, you, you come out of C. diff, you get the antibiotics you need, et cetera. But like, where do you go from there? Especially when no one has answers for you. I mean, people, I think a lot of times think people are like, all right, I'm going to heal myself. But it's more a feeling of being lost and confused. Yeah. And did you even think that when you got out that, okay, I'm going to heal myself or what, how, where did, how did you go down that path of self healing? Oh my gosh. It was such a long process. I mean, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, I've tried everything from uh, healers to functional medicine doctors, integrative medicine doctors. I mean, I've seen over 500 doctors. I have done everything from IV chelation, removing the heavy metals out of my body, getting my mercury fillings removed from my mouth, going through, my gosh, Lyme disease treatment, which is huge detox, you know, coffee enemas every day for three years just because I could barely make it through my day. You know, Epsom salt baths, detox baths, eating 100% organic, cooking all my meals. I mean, the different things that I had to do to really keep myself healthy. And, and still today, I mean, it's like a lot of work to keep going on and, and doing what I have to do every day. People look at me and think I'm, I'm crazy. They're like, how do you do everything that you do? But you, you just do it because you realize how bad it was and you never want to get back there. And, um, I think a big part too was, you know, the part about 
the MTHFR, the methylation, which I know is something we've chatted about before, which is a big part of my book. So methylation is really about how we're detoxing. So it's why two people could live in the same house and one gets mold poisoning and one doesn't, and one gets heavy metals and one doesn't, or, or, you know, all these different things are happening in our environment. So it really comes down to our genes, right? So we're born with these two SNPs of DNA for this gene called MTHFR. And, you know, if you're born without both SNPs, you actually end up not being able to detox properly. So you're, you have a handicap to detoxing. So, you know, you're not sweating out the toxins. You're not urinating them out. They're not coming out in your feces. Whereas a normal per, not normal person, <laughs> but like a person who has both the genes is able to do that. So this is what Western medicine doesn't look at. So this is why there's so many problems with so many people who are not getting answers. That's really what it comes down to. So if for, for our listeners, if you read any, I don't even want to call it alternative, holistic, complementary, functional medicine, it's called the Merther gene. I mean, that's kind of how they, they identify it. And so are you absent in one of your SNPs and was that what was causing a lot of the underlying, I mean, the diagnoses were Lyme disease. Yeah. I mean, that was a big, big part of, of everything. You know, the reason that I had the heavy metals and the mold and, you know, all these other toxins in my body that I was not able to process on a daily basis. So I had to learn how to support my body's detox process, you know, on a daily basis because, you know, normal people, you know, they say go on a juice fast or different things like that, but that's crazy. That's just recirculating the toxins throughout your body. You know, detox, which is why I really wrote my book to explain what detox is, is really getting the bad stuff out of your body and putting the good stuff in your body. As basic as that sounds, that's really what it is. So Epsom salt baths and skin brushing and infrared saunas and really working with functional medicine doctors, you know, and even naturopaths or healers on, you know, getting rid of things like biofilm, which leads to gut issues. And, you know, a lot of different protocols, candida, you know, something that caused chronic joint and muscle pain in my body for years. And they thought I had, you know, Western medicine thought I had fibromyalgia. So it's little things like that, that are not so little that are really causing such chronic illness. And what's interesting, Allie, is that once we really started to cut down on the candida and kill the candida and the biofilm is when my liver enzymes and my thyroid enzymes started to normalize. So it's amazing. You know, a Western medicine doctor would have never said candida was, you know, causing high liver enzymes or high, you know, thyroid enzymes or anything. And it's incredible what this, what these different toxins in your body can do, like mold and candida. I mean, it's like a storm in your body, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I was going to add to the candida thing because let's I... De- let's define it for, for our audience because I yeah. think a lot of functional medicine terms are really new to people. And so, Juliet, you want to define candida for people? or you well, know, I'll, I'll, I'll have Amy define candida because I feel like she has a much better yeah. grasp on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have so much information on candida. Yeah, exactly. on well, the, the, but it's really, it's really like the overgrowth, right, of... I mean, I don't want to say bad bacteria, but it's more yeast. It's really yeast. And the problem is it's usually not just yeast because it's usually you don't just have candida. You have something else with it, like pathogenic bacteria, things like that. But you don't have to have a yeast infection or any kind of yeast issue. I never had any kind of any, any, any yeast in my whole life. No sign of yeast anywhere. So I never thought candida was a problem. I thought it was 
SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, which is also, you know, you get bloated after you eat very, very, very similar symptoms. But candida really, you know, fermented foods, you know, exasperated sugar foods, fruit, you know, grains, any of those, you know, beans, they're feeding the bad bacteria. And I just had a client the other day from overseas who actually was doing, you know, she's pregnant and she has really bad candida and her doctor put her on fermented sauerkraut. And I said, oh my gosh, like this is a huge problem because so many doctors say, you know, and fermented foods are wonderful. They're wonderful. But if you have a candida problem, you're feeding the bad bacteria. And, you know, she was eating that and then taking probiotics. And I said, probiotics are wonderful, but it's kind of like you go outside to your your backyard and you have a pile of trash. You're not going to like put soil on top of it and try and grow flowers for the spring. You have to kill bad bugs on top of the garbage, right? Like, so you have to kill the bad bugs in your gut before you can even think about putting in the good stuff because the good stuff is not going to do anything. Yeah. And with the candida, I mean, it can show up as so many symptoms. You know, most people would think, you know, an overgrowth of yeast, they would think they would get yeast infections. But I actually was diagnosed with candida two years ago. And it was um, from me having severe brain fog for a really long time. And it was like debilitating brain fog. And once I treated the candida, poof, my brain fog went away. It was incredible. Yes. That's fascinating. Now, tell me, did you do um, like antifungals, antimicrobials, or how did you do it? I did a really high dose of grapefruit seed extract. Yes. Oh, my favorite. Yeah. So (laughs) twice a day, ton of that. And, you know, obviously changing my, my diet, making sure that I wasn't like, you know, feeding the bacteria. But I mean, I, I definitely, my diet is, is a lot more lenient than it was, but I haven't had, I don't have it anymore and I haven't had it since. So it's. Yay. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. I I just want to like for the people listening, because they might not understand in your gut, you have about 3.3 pounds of bacteria. And in an ideal world, you have 80% good bacteria, the probiotics, you know, that, that when you eat fermented food, help those proliferate. And then you have 20% of, to Amy's point, they're not bad, but you don't want them to get out of hand. <laughs> they're, they're quote, bad bacteria. And when you have been through several rounds of antibiotics or steroid medication or stress or just, you know, other co-infections, which is what Amy was dealing with, a lot of times that bad bacteria proliferates and it feeds on sugar and undigested foods. And so I don't want everyone all of a sudden to be getting paranoid of like, oh my God, do I have candida? But I've seen with a lot of my clients after steroid medication or antibiotics, you know, they do get candida and weight gain too. And candida feeds on sugar. So I just think it's important for everyone to, I want to give them some context for what for how this happens. Like we all have bacteria in our gut and we have yeah. to keep it in check. So this is one thing, Amy, that I think is so important about your story too in talking about detox because, you know, your book comes out around March and most people are going to be like spring break. Oh my God, the summer's coming. And they're going to do something that they think is benign, like a detox, right? Or a cleanse, right? And they have no idea that they might potentially be harming themselves by doing that. Because if you can't, if you have the Merthyr gene or you're not able to detox. So what are some... Like opening up a can of worms, right? For some people, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So I'd love to, I mean, before we, I, I really want to, I'm curious how you kept going, but 
from a detox perspective. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're amazing. Um, no. but, um, you know, you talked about Epsom salt baths and body scrubbing, but first of all, is there anything if people feel like what symptoms are there that you're not able to detox properly? Like what if someone's in everyday life, they may think, uh, yeah, oh, I'm just I getting think. old or I just, it's because of this. What are some everyday symptoms? I mean, it's anything. I mean, it, the thing is that it manifests differently in everyone. Every single thing, it manifests differently in everyone. So, I mean, you could have joint pain. You could have dark circles under your eyes. You could have insomnia. You could have acne. You could have back pain. You could have joint pain, muscle pain, athlete's foot. You could have, you could have yeast infections. You could have gut issues, whether it's bloating or not being able to eat certain foods anymore. I mean, you could, it literally, it's unbelievable. You could have eczema, you could have acne. The list goes, your hair could start, you know, thinning out because it affects your thyroid. I mean, weight gain, you know, because your the toxins are stored in your fat tissue, weight loss, um, because your metabolism just ends up being so screwed up and you're not able to then absorb anything. I mean, the it, it's, a, it's a vicious, vicious cycle and it, it really takes, I mean, I was on disability and then I ended up just quitting my job because it was a full time job for me to figure it all out. It really, it was, you have to be in charge of your own health. And if more people realize that the impact that you have on your own health, I mean, you could change your life forever. But so many people are really like, you know, like I was in the beginning looking outside of themselves for answers from doctors and a lot of these doctors don't even know what they're doing and they don't even understand anything aside from giving you an antibiotic, which is just really disrupting your microbiome and your entire, you know, your gosh, the good and bad bacteria balance in your body, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Well, and I think something that's useful too, what, what I, when I work with clients, I look at if they have a bunch of unexplained symptoms that seem disconnected. So if you're hearing all of those, those, what Amy just described and you're thinking like, Oh my God, I have like, maybe I just have joint pain. Does that mean I can't detox? Not necessarily. Usually it's, I find when it's at a critical point, when you need to like get tested for Merthyr, like the Merthyr gene or really, you know, seek out specialist help is when you have a bunch of unexplained things together. Like I had a client who she, you know, you have to talk to ask people about their bowel movements, but she was seeing kale in her poop. She's like, I thought I was eating healthy. And then she had some uh, what's the scalp condition where it's like not just dry scalp, but um, she was there was I'm forgetting it right now. But she also had athlete's foot that no one could figure out, and she had joint pain. And so like putting all that together, I'm like you. And she was gaining weight, and I was like, and all her doctors just kept telling her to eat less. But it was those collection of things that I was like, you're not detoxing properly, you know, because you can see food in your stools because of all these the hair stuff and the joint pain and the athlete's foot, which all what she would notice is when she would have issues with her bowel movements and her system was clean, all that stuff cleared up. And she's like, now that you say that, you know, when I have nothing in my system, I don't have those symptoms. And I'm like, that's definitely Mm -hmm. an issue with detoxing and your gut health in general. But I just think it's- Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that it's not normal to not feel amazing every day. You know, and it's just, it's unbelievable. So many people are suffering with health issues and they don't think there's anything wrong because they're just living off of Advil and Tums all day. I mean, you were listing the symptoms, right? Insomnia, dark circles, joint pain. I mean, it's like 
99% of America right there. I feel like, you know, would raise their hand and be like, I have, you know, multiple of those symptoms going on in my body. Yeah, completely. Well, and I think what's interesting too, Amy and, and Juliet, I mean, I think you guys, I would love to hear both of you talk about this is, and this is one of the things that, you know, I kind of part with functional medicine in a way, not part with them, but, and just for everyone listening, functional medicine is basically this emerging, I mean, it's been emerging for 30, 40 years, but it's a discipline that tries to get to the root of issues. So if a plant is dying, Western medicine will just cut off the leaves and say, you're done. Functional medicine will say, well, what's in the soil? Is it getting enough light? Is it getting enough water? So really looking at root symptoms, but a lot of, and, and if someone is as sick as Amy was, Oftentimes you will need to do a lot of, a lot of things. But at the end of the day, if you need to, I think the first step for anyone listening, and I'd love to hear about, you know, any suggestions you have, Amy, but to detox just to support your body. I mean, whole foods is always the first start. No matter what, how complicated of symptoms you have, don't you think vegetables and lean proteins and healthy fats are always the first place to start? Oh my gosh. I can't even tell. Yes. I mean, healthy fats, number one, number one, healthy fats. Fat is so healing and people are not eating enough fat and it's very sad. I mean, Mark Hyman's new book that comes out very soon is, you know, eat fat, get thin. People are not eating enough fat. Everyone's scared of fat from like the eighties, you know, and that's affecting everyone's endocrine system. It's terrible. Yeah, especially women. I mean, women have extra estrogen. And when you then don't eat fat, you eat more carbs, which we're just more affected by. What are your favorite? What are your favorite healthy fats? Oh my gosh, avocado. I'm in love with avocado oil. I just got that. Um, Chosen Foods. I use their avocado oil. I love it. I also use almond oil and every nut and seed. I said I don't do pistachios or peanuts because of mold, but I do every kind of raw nut and seed out there. So flax and walnuts and, and everything like that. And then, you know, extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, that's all really healthy fat for people. You know, even full fat coconut milk is great. Yeah. Out of the can though, I've noticed that the kind that you can buy like in the quote dairy section is, it has a lot of additives to it. So stick with the, <laughs> the cans. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So healthy fats. And, and, and also, you know, one of the things that you struggle with was, is PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. A lot of my clients, not a lot, but I'd say like maybe 10 to 20% struggle with that. Um, can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that and how it affects everything else and what it is for people who uh, may be listening and may have it and may not even know it? Yeah, so I mean, I couldn't find out about this until about three, four years ago. Um, and really what it is, is that you have these like, you know, my doctor did ultrasound and he said, you have black, <laughs> black cysts on your ovaries. And I was like, wait, what? Wow, that sounds scary. So <laughs> it was so scary. And he called the black pearl because it's like a pearl. It looks like a pearl necklace because, you know, it's like a ring of black circles. So what happened was I was starting, I'm like naturally very lean and very thin. And um, I started to put weight on, but like fat, like flab weight. And it was like, like nothing I did was like, I was like, what is going on here? And it ended up being the PCOS. It makes you insulin resistant. So even the piece of organic chicken you're eating turns to sugar. Even the piece of zucchini you eat turns to sugar. So it's really, really all about balancing your blood sugar. And how do you do that? You do that with adding a lot of fat, you know, and protein to every everything that you eat. So anytime you eat a carb, whether it's a cracker or a piece of pasta or a piece of fruit or anything, you always, 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 always need to put a piece of fat with it and protein. Um, and that's what I learned um, from this functional doctor. And it was really incredible. So 
what I love is even though you had all of these separate issues, the kind of the healing path was the same when it came to what foods to eat, right? Like healthy Mm -hmm. fats, clean proteins, meaning organic pasture raised, and then vegetables. Were vegetables part of it? I know some people struggle with vegetables. Yeah, I, vegetables were huge, huge. I eat every kind of vegetable there is. I just couldn't do fruit for a long time. But now I'm slowly, you know, I can slowly add in fruit. Like I put in fruit in my cookbook and, and whole grains. But, you know, every time you see a fruit or a whole grain, you know, there is protein and there is a healthy fat with it. That's how I'm able to do it. So I can do, you know, like not huge. I can't have like a huge bowl of fruit, you know, just plain. But I can have fruit with like banana with almond butter or apple with hummus or with some of my grain-free crackers in my book with guacamole, something like that. Yeah, and I have hypoglycemia, Amy, so I have the same, you know, with my blood sugar, it's really hard for me with, you know, just eating carbohydrates or even just eating a protein. I always have to have a fat with everything that I'm eating. Otherwise, you know, my blood sugar dips too low and, you know, mm-hmm. I have insulin resistance as well, so. Definitely, has yeah. It, has it gotten better, Julia, like the longer that you manage your you know, now that you're through the candida and all that stuff, do you find it gets stronger and stronger as you go? Yeah, well, that was, you know, another symptom that I had had with the candida other than the brain fog was that my blood sugar was really, really poor at that time. Like my hypoglycemia was was the worst it had ever been. Uh, But since I've healed the candida, and I just I really changed my diet a lot with making sure that I eat a lot of fat with my meals. Yeah, I've noticed a huge difference. I mean, still, I still have sensitivity from time to time. I have to be careful with, with exercise. I can't do too much cardio exercise because that Mm -hmm. really affects the hypoglycemia. So I have, and you know, I I work out for a living basically (laughs) to teach spin. So I have to be careful. Um, I have to just make sure I really monitor what I'm eating with all of the cardio exercise or else my blood sugar I say it hates me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And just again, for our listeners, I mean, this is what worked for Amy and Juliet. And I know I'm someone who needs a lot of protein and fat, but it's really important. And we mentioned this, I think on episode three with good and good and bad carbs to know your metabolic type. If you're a slow, medium or fast burner, and that's what my Curb Your Afternoon Cravings program is about. But figuring that out so that you know if low fat, medium fat or high fat is good for you. So, cause everyone is different and it's important to know, to know that. But the, the reason in, in me asking you that, Amy, is cause I think for people out listening, I think detoxing has to be this like crazy or anti-inflammatory, like all these words, right? It has to be this like gearing up, buying all this like expensive supplements, weird foods you've never heard of that you're going to eat once, yeah. you know, or spices when it's like so simple. And it's, and, and food is such an amazing quote technology that when you compare it to what you went through at the, like the Mayo Clinic or like with all these doctors, it's like, wait, my garden's going to do more than all of these technologies that, you know, bone marrows and all that kind of stuff. So, but you're, as someone who's a detox expert, I would say, I mean, is that, you know, what would you, what, what would you say to people? I mean, they should totally get your book because you make it so delicious, but I think they'd be surprised at seeing your book and you're like, wait, this is a detox. This stuff tastes amazing. It is amazing. I have over 200 recipes in the book that are detox approved. So no gluten, dairy, soy, refined sugar, you know, no white flour, no white potatoes, no peanuts, no alcohol, no caffeine. You know, there's a lot. There's a I bring people through a 21 day elimination diet. And I say, this is how you need to work to figure out. I'm not saying you have to cut everything out, you know, but you have to cut everything out one at a time to see what is causing the inflammation in your body. 
and what is really, and then you slowly start to add it back in. So I take them through this seven day reintroduction period. So really it's like, I want to show people like eating clean, living clean, you know, through detox feels amazing. You know, not because you should do it, but because once you see life this way, you'll never go back. I mean, there's not a processed cupcake that I would eat to give up for how amazing I feel right now. And when you figure out what makes you feel good, don't you want to do that thing? I mean, everybody wants to feel good every day, right? So I think it really comes down to telling people like detox is about supporting your body's ability, you know, to process the toxins that you're exposed to every single day. And it took me years to realize this and no one will tell you how to detox or how to clean out the toxins of your body, you know, because a lot of these doctors only know, um, they only know one way of medicine treating the symptoms. So until you start to work with a functional medicine or integrative medicine doctor, um, naturopath, someone that understands all of these different, you know, ways of looking at the puzzle pieces, you know, that's when you can really learn how to change your life, you know, no matter what's wrong with you. And, and that's really why I started my business and I wrote the book, you know, I want to change people's lives and, it's not easy trying to figure out how to be healthy, you know, in a real way, because every magazine tells you what healthy is and every expert tells you what healthy is. But you are the doctor of your body. I mean, you should be telling yourself, you know, what makes you feel good and what doesn't, you know, instead of listening to low fat or low carb or paleo or, you know, whatever it may be. It's about listening to your body. Yeah. And it's also about not just doing these things to look a certain way because I think that people are so attracted to is this detox or this elimination diet, you know, gluten-free or paleo. And it is all around just, you know, them wanting to have a flatter stomach. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm always bloated. I just want to have a flat stomach, but they're not actually addressing like maybe there's an underlying health issue here that you need to work at. And then the side effect would be that you would have a flatter stomach, but it shouldn't come from that place. No, not at all. Not at all. And that's what it's really, that's what so many people are. That's what's really screwed up with a lot of the mentalities here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> I, I think people want to care about their health. And what I think, you know, Amy, you brought up a good point when you're like, once you experience this, you won't want to go back. I remember being, you know, I've been, glu- I'm gluten intolerant. So I've been gluten free for, I don't know, eight, eight years now. And there were no choices way back then. And people used to be like, that must be so hard. And, you know, because I was an emotional eater, it took me eight months to go gluten-free because I was binging on like gummy bears and Reese's peanut butter cups because they're gluten-free. And I was like, this is just as bad. But once I got off of it, people were like, that must be so hard. I'm like, compared to the irritable bowel syndrome, the asthma, the acne, the allergies that I was dealing with now that, you know, I mean, I had to do other things besides going gluten-free. But I'm like, this is so much more freeing. Like, and so I think we've normalized subpar health. You know, Juliet, as you were saying, like all the symptoms Amy rattled off, it's like that's 90% of America. And so when you look around, you getting that taste of health, I think is such a is such a motivator. But people, you know, what's interesting, given that I studied human behavior and motivation in grad school, I I have a lot to say about this, but I think a lot of us are trained to think that weight loss is our only goal, but that actually doesn't motivate people day in and day out. Um, No, you're right. Yeah. And so if we can start to, and this is what I love about your recipes and your approach of like, hey, detoxing can taste great and feel great. It doesn't have to be I'm starving and trying to get these juices in and then I have to say no to having dinner with my family um, Mm. or friends. Like, hey, this is actually about freedom and tasting really great food. I mean- I've, I've 
you know, I put your recipe, your mushroom recipe in my uh, clean eating reboot and people were like, I never knew I liked mushrooms until I ate them that way. And they're like, now I'm looking forward to them, you know? So uh-huh. I think um, really getting out of the idea that health and food is about deprivation, yeah. start to get people not to be concerned with just weight loss because um, it doesn't have to be this huge sacrifice and you can feel better daily. Yeah. And now, Amy, I think I was I was looking at your website and there was a video on there and you were kind of taking people through a tour of you know your what you're eating and your health. And you were talking about the FODMAPS diet. Was I seeing that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Are you is that something that you are still doing? You know, it's so funny. That's that and the sugar page are the most popular on my website. So I'm gonna be starting two programs actually. Well, I have eleven programs that are already writ wrote. They're already written. But I can't come out with them yet because my book's coming out. So I want to wait a little bit. But I really want to start. I've always got something, you know, down the pipeline. I'm definitely going to start doing something focusing more on FODMAPs, Candida, and sugar. Because I think it's a those are really, really popular on my site. People are always asking me about them. Can you tell me just say, yeah, FODMAPs. Is that what you're going to say, Allie? Yeah, tell people what FOD, I mean, FODMAPs are. Because, again, this is a lot of new terminology. We're throwing at people. <laughs> Can you tell us, Amy, what FODMAPs are? Yeah, oh, definitely. So FODMAPs is really the foods that ferment in your gut, which, you know, so many people don't realize some of these healthy, healthy foods can ferment in your gut and even vegetables, you know. So, I mean, again, it's different for everyone. Everyone is so, so different. You know, some people, they don't see a difference on FODMAPs. Some people don't see a difference from going gluten-free, you know, but it's something to try. So you're really taking out these foods that can possibly ferment in your gut. So for instance, there's people, I mean, the low FODMAP, they call it the low FODMAP kind of diet, right? So, I mean, there is anything from baked beans to, um, you know, wheat and rye. I mean, you even have fruits like apples and um, watermelon, cauliflower, you know, different things like that, that actually sometimes bother people. I mean, it's unbelievable the different things that people don't realize, you know, are actually fermenting in their gut. So a lot of times, you know, it's interesting, I did the low FODMAP and then some of those foods bothered me, but some of them didn't bother me. You know, like chickpeas bothered me, but I could do apples or bananas were fine on me, but I could eat avocados. I mean, every, it was very different for me. It was not like a straight on following this diet and it works for me. I mean, some people do the GAPS diet too, and that works for them. So I just feel like it's so personal. It's such a personal, you know, approach to your body, but it's definitely one thing that I recommend just trying out because I think it's a huge, huge problem for people who are getting the bloating in their large intestine or even their small intestine. And it's like, it interacts with the SIBO, you know? Yeah. I was going to ask you what symptoms you would say would be helped out you know, doing the the low FODMAPs diet? Like how would somebody know to even give that a try? Yeah, definitely. So I think, you know, FODMAPs, like I was saying, if something's fermenting in your gut, you know, it's you're going to have like a really, it's like an IBS kind of, you know, symptomatic kind of thing that you're go, that's going on in your body. You're having, maybe it's diarrhea or constipation. Maybe you're having, you know, some abdominal pain or gas or bloating. Um, I mean, 
it's, it depends on everyone. Some, some symptoms can be debilitating while other people just get like a little bit of gas and bloating. But really when something's fermenting in your gut, I mean, you have, you know, for me, it was gas, you know what I mean? Because that's, and I was bloated, you know, because your body's filling up with this, these toxins. So that's something that, that I think is really, really, if you're having any kind of gut issue, it could be something to try. Definitely. But I, I recommend first, before doing FODMAP, getting tested for candida and getting tested for small intestinal bacteria overgrowth because, you know, they're very, very similar, but they, they, you know, they manifest very similarly in terms of symptoms, but they come in, they, they're, the treatment of them is so different. You treat candida completely different because it's a yeast. Then you treat small intestinal bacteria overgrowth because it's a bacteria. Yeah. And, you know, they want to give you antibiotics for both, which, you know, is the huge, huge issue that's just going to exasperate the problem. But, you know, that's really, that's really my first step with clients, get tested. So yeah, what, and for those out there, how would they get tested? Yeah. I know we've all gotten tested. So where would somebody go? You know, we know Western medicine, they're not testing for this. So well, you can ask your doctor. I mean, I, I have my clients, if they really like their doctor, I'm like, here's the test you want to ask for. I mean, mm-hmm. they have access to the tests. They, yeah, they do. And some of them, I mean, I know SIBO tests are usually covered by insurance, aren't they? Yeah, usually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And some of my clients who have younger GI doctors, they'll work with me. It's like, they're like, yeah, we'll test for SIBO. One of my clients, GI doctors had done like a fellowship on SIBO. I mean, a lot of doctors really focus on it. I mean, I, I was back, I mean, I had SIBO like four times. It was pretty crazy, but it's amazing that they manifest in such similar ways, but their treatment is so different. And I think that's so key for people to know that's why you really have to be so in tune with your body. I mean, some people, I mean, look, some people can do beans. Some people can't. Some people can do nightshades. Some people can't. Like nightshades have never bothered me. You know, I kept eggplant out of my book because I know it bothers a lot of people, but tomatoes I do great on. I had a doctor who could not even touch tomatoes. Once she took them out, her inflammation stopped. So, you know, it, it's just some people can't even touch a tomato. They get joint pain. You know, it's everyone is so different because our bodies are, are built so differently. Yeah, I think that's why your book is going to be so helpful because it'll help people eliminate, like, eliminate a lot of potential allergens. Like, right, you've done the curation process for everyone, right? Here's 21 days yeah. of amazing recipes. See if anything improves. I mean, I've had clients who didn't realize that they were bloated. They thought, oh, I just have this belly right? They've normalized, again, things have been normal for so long. So I think kind of doing the first step for anyone is, is definitely get Amy's book or, you know, you know, and eat clean for three weeks. But yeah, let's get back. I just though, if anyone's asking, you know, wondering, you can ask your conventional doctors, right? Can you get, do you think conventional doctors will test for candida? I guess it depends. I think they don't believe in candida because what I learned is that through candida, if you have candida, in your body in term according to western medicine you are dead because they only believe in candida in the blood and if you have candida in your blood you're dead instantly so they do not this is what was so i mean i wrote this in my book because the doctors looked at me like i had said i had fairies in my stomach i mean that's how (laughs) i wrote that in like my intro you know what i mean (laughs) two's really in the land of magical thinking oh my god it's like opposite day out here (laughs) i know seriously it's so like, most doctors won't, but functional medicine doctors, integrative medicine doctors usually. Yeah, I mean, and Western medicine doctors, they understand SIBO, but again, they're just going to give you a, you know, a antibiotic, you know? Yeah. I, for anyone listening, if you want to see if there's a functional medicine practitioner, so 
functional medicine, this field, I mean, there's many people I'm familiar with it. Amy is. Julia, I don't know if you've ever studied it. I mean, I know you know the principles, um, but nurse practitioners, chiropractors, doctors, all different types of people who are basically realizing how that, you know, traditional medicine doesn't work can be trained in functional medicine. So if you go to institute, I think it's ifm.org, institutional, institutefunctionalmedicine.org, one of those, Google it, it, a site will come up and you can type in your zip code and you can see the practitioners in your area that understand functional medicine. Um, there's more and more of them. Some of them take insurance, some don't. But often, if they don't take insurance, some of the tests that they describe will. So it does, it may seem like a lot of work, but you have to, you cannot just expect your doctor to get you well. I think that's one of the big things. You have to be your own advocate. And I think that, Amy, your story is beautiful. I mean, if, and it illustrates that. It's, it's a poem of, of advocacy. And I think that's what you keep telling us and realizing that, you know, medicine is in the cookbooks. It's in the farmer's market. It is not with your doctors. And if you aren't, if your doctor isn't giving you what you want, find a new one. Like, yeah. It, yeah. If you're not feeling better, if you're just getting more and more prescription drugs assigned to you, if, you know, if nothing is changing, then yeah. yeah. You have to. But also know that you have to do the work too. I mean, I think that's a big thing as well. Um, and Amy, one of the things I wanted to ask you, because I know that we, we have to wrap up here, but how, you know, I know you said you didn't know how you, you kept going. And, and my s- suspicions is you just kept focusing on what was in front of you versus, you know, I think all of us who have healed through food or, you know, gotten through our relationship with food, it always takes us longer than we think, right? That's just life in general. Mm-hmm. So how did you, I mean, and your resilience probably built as you went, right? Like the more that you get better on your own, the less you really think doctors or anyone else can save you. But it, it's a gradual unfolding. It's not an overnight process. So when you felt crazy, I mean, I mean, maybe you didn't feel crazy, but when you were just like, oh my God, something else, like what, what kept you going in those moments? Oh my gosh. You know what it was? When I started to not feel good, I mean, I had the legs swelling. They were doing bone marrow biopsies. I was at Mayo Clinic. I was fine. I was fine. When I started to get really sick and feel sick, I was like, something is wrong. And nothing anybody gave me was helping. It helped for like a day or a week or a month. And that's when I was like, I just kept fighting and fighting and going and going until I started to feel better. And and still, I mean, I was still like, I'm working, I'm now doing a lot of energy work and I'm doing something called NAET and it's, you know, reversing a lot of my food allergies. And, you know, some days I'll feel really gross and bad and I have to go back to them and be like, oh my gosh, like I feel awful. We, we have to kind of redo that. And I mean, you really just have to listen to your body. It just comes down to like, what works for you? Don't list stop listening to everybody else like my book is and my website are really just to help you get through whatever it is that you're going through and give you ideas and tell you how you can start supporting your body's ability to detox every day because I had to relearn how to eat and end how to eat clean but like I said before you have so much more control than you realize like I want to inspire people to own their health and you know I'm not saying everyone needs to be vegan or gluten-free or whatever it is but like we said before, when you see life living this way, you'll never go back, you know, and, and it's not about deprivation. It really isn't. Yeah. Great. Julia, do you have any more questions for Amy before we, before we wrap up? I mean, this, this packed in a lot, <laughs> but I think everyone should get your book, you know, eating clean the 21 day plan to detox, fight inflammation and reset your body. And we'll have a link on the podcast page as well as I'll put a link to the functional medicine practitioner page. 
and, and, and know that you can detox in a healthy, wonderful way. And I mean, the recipes in your book, I eat that way every day. Like, I don't even think of it as like a detox, but it's a great diet. That's how I am. I mean, that's exactly how I feel. So it's just, it comes, it becomes your way of life, you know? And an enjoyable way of life, as you were saying. Mm -hmm. You actually look forward to eating that way. But thank you so much, Amy. This was really inspiring for me, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners just hearing your story. And also, I think it uh, will spark curiosity within people to kind of just scan their own body and their symptoms and just see like, am I really in my best health? You know, is this this it? (laughs) Or is there more? So yeah, and kindle that. I mean, a lot of times, you know, we say, listen to your body. And I think, I mean, research even shows how when women come into the traditional medical model, they're told they're too emotional. They're told, oh, you're just, you know, it's just your cycle or whatever. And so women have often been dismissed and there is a lot of pain in that dismissal. (laughs) So there is other systems and other opportunities and other practitioners that will work with you to regain that intuition grows. It's, it's kind of like a fire. I think of like, it starts out and you know, Amy, I'm sure there was something in you like, yeah, you felt bad, but there was something inside of you that said, Hey, there has to be more. So if that's resonating with you and you're listening, kindle that, you know, research, Try different recipes. Consider different options. Um, your doctor is one of many, I think, is is the big message. Definitely. I agree completely. I love you guys. Thank you so much for having me. This was really great. I hope that um, everyone found you know some benefit and some information that they could take and, and help themselves. Yeah, for sure. And we will definitely, Juliet, have it planned to do, for listeners of Insatiable, a couple of podcasts on functional medicine and gut health and blood sugar and all that because... You really need to start with your physiology when it comes to weight loss or health. Otherwise, you're just going to run in circles. So, Amy, tell us again where we can find you on social media. Definitely. I'm the healthy apple on everything. So it's just at the healthy apple on, you know, Google Plus, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, you name it. I'm there. That's me. Yeah. And definitely check out the book. It'll be a much better spring detox <laughs> than, than you were, you were planning on. <laughs> definitely. It's so true. It is so true. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are amazing. Oh, thank you, Thanks, Amy. Amy. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great afternoon. You too. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Insatiable Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can connect with us on social media. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Juliet Unite and Allie at Allie M. Shapiro. M stands for Marie. Please feel free to also email us any questions. We would love to hear from all our listeners. You can reach us at Allie at AllieShapiro.com and Juliet at UniteFitness.com. We'll see you next time.